As we all know, there is an endless list of things that can go wrong during the year on a ranch. Managing risk on your ranch can be a real challenge. Erin with AgRisk Advisors joins us on this episode to talk to us about the benefits of investing in risk management. Erin walks us through his experience as a full-time rancher and AgRisk Advisor and some insurance policies that he's implemented on his own operation and could be a perfect fit for your operation too. We are so excited to have Aaron joining us on the podcast today. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you, Caroline. I'm glad to be here. Why don't we start with you just giving a little bit of a background on who you are and how you got to your current position? Yeah, absolutely. I guess uh, it's important to know that I, I live in Southeast Colorado. I'm a fifth generation rancher and farmer here on my family's place in uh, a town called Carville, Colorado. And, and prior to becoming a an agent for AgRisk Advisors, I actually spent seven years teaching vocational agriculture and was the FFA advisor at our local school. Kind of while I was teaching, just as I do today, I was also managing our family's ranch where we uh, raise and sell Red Angus seed stock cattle and then also raising my family. And to make a very long story short, Caroline, I guess several years ago, I decided I just had too many irons in the fire. And although I really loved teaching and educating and, and getting to watch those kids interact and inspire them in agriculture, I had to make the decision to leave that career and find another job that didn't require quite as much devoted time as the teaching did. But I also wanted to find something that would supplement my habit or my passion, if you will, of raising cattle. During that search, I kind of knew that I wanted to find something that would allow me to interact with farmers and ranchers out in the country, on their operations, face-to-face with those people, get to get to look at their cattle, get to look at their farming practices. That's kind of what I really wanted to do. But when a friend emailed me a job description for a customer service representative for Ag Risk Advisors, I was very eager to apply. I guess what I didn't understand at the time when I applied is that the customer service position in my mind, was going out and visiting people, going to their places, talking with uh, those customers about the problems or the issues or whatever you may have on their operations. But what I didn't really understand was it was pretty much entirely an office job where I would, for the most part, really only get to interact with those customers from a phone or a computer. And also that job would have required me moving closer to Denver, which is about two hours from our ranch out here. So after having a really good conversation with my now boss and and founder of AgRisk Advisors, Aaron Tattersall, we both decided that just wasn't the right position for me and and where I wanted to be in my career at that time. So we kind of just left it at that and went on our own ways. After that conversation, I pretty much decided to just focus on my family's ranching operation and if or when that right job opened up that would allow me to continue to live here on the ranch in Carville and continue to operate the ranch without much interruption, then I would apply for that job at that time. So as the school year wound down and I was entering into the last few weeks of my teaching career, I received a phone call from Mr. Tattersall. And to my surprise, after a very casual interview in a McDonald's lobby in Northern Colorado, uh, I was offered a job as an agent for AgRisk Advisors, where the primary job focus for me would be selling policies and educating producers on the services and the programs that are available to them. In particular, the PRF or the Pasture Range and Forage Program. You know, at that point, I kind of thought, this is it. This is for me. This is the job that would allow me to be in front of producers. At the same time, it was possible for me to work from home and really wouldn't cut into all all my time and my work here on our ranch. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, I'm fifth generation on our family's ranch here, so I know how much risk is involved in every aspect of ranching and farming. 
And unfortunately, nearly all those risks, Carolina, as you're probably aware, are basically out of our control. You know, we have cattle prices, the grain and the hay prices, fuel prices. Essentially, every input cost that we have is, for the vast part, out of our control. And we're kind of at the mercy of those prices and those inputs constantly fluctuating. So then you have to think about the weather, you know. Man, this is probably one of the biggest variables that everybody has on their operations. You know, as the saying goes, we're never really happy in in ag. It's either too hot, too dry, too wet, too cold. So when this job presented itself, I was really intrigued and eager to dive in headfirst to learn how I could help to mitigate not only my family's risk against a lack of precipitation and declining prices in the cattle market, but also uh, help all those others involved in the farming and ranching industry mitigate and reduce their risk. I really didn't think you could actually insure against a lack of moisture, and I was kind of green in that area, but really took it on and and learned a lot about it. I've always had a really great passion for agriculture industry and and loved helping others and teaching, and this opportunity just really allowed me to do both. So I guess that's kind of a little bit of background on me and and kind of what led me to my position with Ag Risk Advisors. I think one of the coolest things you said is that you're a fifth generation, and I don't want to pass over that lightly because we know how challenging it is. I can't remember the exact stats, but it's something like 50% don't make it to the second and then another huge amount don't make it to the third. And so the fact that your family has been able to be around for five generations on an operation is something that I think deserves a round of applause and is exciting when you're thinking about your children and passing it on to that generation. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I appreciate what you said there. It, it is quite a feat, and, and you are correct on those stats. I couldn't uh, tell you exactly what they are either, but it's a, it's a pretty small percentage, and I'm very proud and feel very fortunate and blessed to be able to be fifth generation here and actually just welcomed my new baby boy, my first son, my fourth child into the world. So between him and the three girls, they're, they're sixth generation on this place. And for me, it's a livelihood and it's a passion that I have, but these tools and becoming an agent for AgRisk Advisors just kind of helps me to see there are other resources available out there that will help us keep everything together. And, and don't get me wrong, our ranch three generations ago was, was almost twice as big as it is now, and, and that's a challenge. So we want to keep everything together that we have here and possibly build it back up for the future generations. And just learning about all the opportunities there are out there through AgRisk Advisors kind of helps, puts a peace of mind to me, I guess, to ensure that we'll be able to keep this thing intact for a while longer. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I think is really important when you are looking to bring an advisor on your board is someone with the heart of a teacher. So I, of course, got that saying from Dave Ramsey. He talks about it all the time. When you bring an outside person into the ranch, to advise you on anything, right? Your attorney, your lawyers, your insurance, even your nutritionist or your feed sale rep at the heart of a teacher and really be able to teach. And that's something I think that you bring to the table. Obviously, you have a background in teaching and you love that part of kind of nurturing and explaining things. But I think in your role with Agrisk Advisors, it's so important that you have that teaching heart. Talk to me a little bit about producers who have never heard of any of these programs, how do they learn more? Do they just call you up on the phone? How do they get that education, that, you know, college class on these topics before they make their decision? Sure, sure. So we have a a wide array of ways to get in touch with us. You know, we we try to be a presence at as many industry trade shows as we possibly can. We, We try to hit a lot of the superior sales 
the local livestock barns, the sale barns, just industry-related conventions. We want to get in front of people at, at those particular points. We also rely a lot on word of mouth, you know, for people to get in touch with us. And, and let me backtrack a little bit here, Caroline, I guess. Ranching, for most ranchers anyway, the word insurance and risk management is something that kind of will send them running for the hills a lot of times. So the hardest part for us is actually getting that first introduction with ranchers across the nation and getting them to sit down and getting them to give us 5, 10, 15 minutes to basically educate them to kind of pique their interest into these programs. In terms of getting in touch with us, you know, we have a, our website called agriskadvisors.com. We also have a, a website that's solely dedicated to pasture range and forage. That's prfadvisors.com. And then we have lrpadvisors.com for the livestock risk protection program. Those are great ways to jump online and you can get in there and you can see all of our advisors through there. We're kind of spread out across the Western United States and maybe somebody wants to deal with uh, an agent who's a little more regionally located to them. They have that option. They can click on there. You can read a bio on those agents or myself. We have our contact information on there, our phone numbers, our emails. And then we also do a few things on our website that are a little bit unique. We have a, a program called Ag Risk University presents. And it's really just a series of informative and educational presentations on current risk management topics that are relevant to your operation or to a producer's operation. We try to kick those out about every other week on Wednesdays. We'll cover everything from pasture range and forage insurance to annual forage insurance, maybe uh, DRP, the Dairy Revenue Protection Programs. We're kind of all encompassing in that. I just think that when producers want to bring an advisor on, getting some background information is so important on any major decision that they're going to make. And the other thing too, which you are well aware of, a lot of people have to convince their dad, their grandpa, their mother, their aunt, their uncle of these oh, yeah. programs. And I, I don't know if convince is the right word, but more just bring awareness, right? That's the first level of the know, like, and trust. First, they have to even know what the product is. So it's just really helpful if people can go and do a little bit of background research without hopping on the phone with someone they maybe have never met and letting them in kind of on this deeper level in their business. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we want to make sure all of our resources, the resources that we have available to our actual producers, those who have signed up for policies with us, those exact resources are available to prospective clients. We want to make this as clear and as easy for everybody as possible to understand. I understand completely how hard that is to, to sit down and convince, educate, or persuade, I guess, if you will, the older generations, my father uh, in particular, on, hey, let's look at trying this route. We can mitigate a little bit of risk here. It may cost us something up front at the long range. This is going to be a, a really beneficial program. So we have a lot of tools available to really help that soak in and prospective clients and our producers can kind of take that in at their own time and their own pace and then just reach out to us anytime they want with questions. That's definitely something that happens in our household. Oftentimes, my brother, who's five years older, on the operation full-time, will call me with an idea or I'll call him with an idea. We'll even meet with an advisor. We'll do all of our homework. And then we kind of sit down with my dad and bring it all to the table. And right. so... It's really helpful to have that education. Let's talk about the average cow-calf guy and mm -hmm. how do some of your programs fit into a standard cow-calf guy, you know, spring calving, 
runs over the summer, sells off the cow. Talk a little bit about how your program might help that producer. Sure. So when we're talking about the, the average cow-calf guy here, and you're, you're talking about a spring calving herd, that's our scenario here in, in Southeast Colorado. So I can speak to this a little bit more confidently. I think we have two programs that are really going to benefit those type of producers. The first one is that pasture range and forage program where it, essentially we are ensuring and reducing the risk against a lack of normal precipitation within any 60-day time frame. So the years broke down into what we call intervals, and there's 11 intervals. It's going to be January, February, February, March. March, April, so on and so forth. So what we'd do is we'd sit down with that producer and say, all right, this is your ground. We'll get a map of that ground. We'll lay that ground out in front of them. And it's broke down into a grid system. So we can look at the grids and every grid has an actual average history of moisture since 1948. So it's really simple to see. And it's a little bit harder to explain over a podcast, but our program called the range calc quoter, we can sit down with those people and we can say, all right, when is the most crucial time for you to grow that forage? You know, here in Southeast Colorado, we're going to want to see that moisture coming probably in that March, April, May, June, Typically, into that July, August timeframe, we're going to start getting some monsoon moisture. That's really our growing season. That's the most crucial part. So we're going to sit down with the producer and say, when is the most crucial time for you to get that grass started, to make sure that you got that forage throughout the year? And what we'll do is we'll take whatever dollar amount or premium that they're comfortable with, and we'll break that up into those 11 intervals into as many as six of them or as few as two of those intervals. And we'll put, let's say it's 100%, let's just say $100, okay? We might take $100 on the year, and maybe that's what they're comfortable spending, and that's fine. It, that's one thing about this program is you can spend whatever you're comfortable spending based on the cost per acre, and, and that's relatively cheap in most places. So let's say we want to put 30% of that $100 or $30 into March and April, and we want to put $15 or $20 into the May-June timeframe, and then we might put $15 or 15% of that into July-August, and we're really going to cover those crucial times for growing that forage for your operation. And then we're going to take a look at the entire program as a whole and see how that program and how that particular coverage would have performed, let's say, over the last 30 years. And we can see which other those, which grids, which time frames are actually going to have a little bit higher payout. And we might sprinkle some of that coverage out in those other, other grids to help this program continue to pay for itself while maintaining coverage where you need it. That's our first and foremost operation. So I think for a cow-calf guy, really understanding that we can insure against a lack of normal moisture. And we can insure clear up to uh, 90% of normal moisture, Caroline, meaning anything below 90% of normal is going to start to trigger indemnities for your ranch. And I know, speaking from experience, a lot of times, if we're going to get 75% of normal moisture in every month throughout the year, we have a tremendous year. Uh, and it's not very often that we're going to see that number probably above 90%. But at 75%, you're still going to grow a whole lot of forage, a lot of dollars worth of grass, a lot of dollars worth of hay, but you're also going to see some indemnities come in there and, and likely get your premium paid and maybe even wind up in a net position on that year. What the cow-calf guy needs to understand is this isn't a make or break program. It's just a really good tool to have in your back pocket. You know, if it does turn off dry 
and you have to buy two or three loads of hay you weren't expecting, this this program will surely pick up the slack and you'll be able to, to go ahead and buy that hay maybe a little bit earlier than you had planned on. Or if you have to pick up an extra lease, it's likely that this program could go ahead and pay for that lease ground. Or if your calves are going to come off lighter off the cow due to the dry weather, you might not get as many dollars per pound or per hundredweight on those calves. And this program can kind of pick up the slack there. So that's that's important for those guys to know. The second thing that I think the cow-calf guy really would like to learn more about or, or needs to learn more about would be the LRP program or the Livestock Risk Protection Program. And in the last two years, the RMA, the Risk Management Agency, has really made some beneficial and, and tremendous changes to this program. So let me do state that everything is that we we sell and we are work with is government subsidized. It's a federal crop insurance plan. So even the LRP would be federal crop insurance, and that is subsidized from 35 to 55% on the premium side. But on the LRP side of things, what we can do is we can sit down in the springtime, we can even sit down before those calves are born, and we can ensure price that you're going to get next fall, or at least a price floor. What we will do is ensure that price floor. It's kind of like a subsidized put, if you want to think about it that way. We can ensure those unborn calves, 105% of the expected value of those calves, let's say in October, based on the 750-pound feeder board. On a steer calf under 600 pounds, we can ensure those at 110% of that expected value. And anything over 600 pounds on the steer side, we can insure them at 100% of that expected value. So that's kind of a really nice tool to have. You know, if, you, if you're concerned about what the summer is going to look like, if you're concerned about where this cattle prices are going to go in the summer or in the fall, it really brings a lot of peace of mind to producers. Let's say in March, if you lock in or April, April comes around, everybody's got their calves branded. They're getting ready to kick them out on summer grass. And you can lock those calves in for, let's say, $170, 100 weight. That's a tremendous weight off of your shoulders knowing that no matter what happens, you're guaranteed that 170 next fall for those calves. I think that the thing I was thinking about when you were talking about both of these programs is the RAIN program. We always probably look at a year like this and wish we would have had it in place. Sure. And it's hindsight 2020, right? Of course. I actually mentioned to my dad just the other day about this program, and we had talked about it on some leased ground we had, and we hadn't pulled the trigger. And I said, sure, wish we would have had that program. And he laughed and he said, yep, me too. But <laughs> one thing that there's some confusion as far as insurance versus a handout. And I always like to encourage people to remember about the insurance piece, right? It, it's something that you drive up and down the road every day in your truck and your truck's insured. You you don't just insure it the day you think you're going to get hit because you'll miss out. You know, you'll get T-boned and say, man, I wish I would have had insurance on it. And that's something to think about in these programs too, is it's risk management. And that's just what insurance is, right? Insurance on our house for a structure fire is risk management. If we lose our house to a fire, that it's that risk is managed. And we, of course, most people go their whole life paying homeowners insurance without ever having a structure fire. So right. these are insurance policies. And I think that's something to keep in mind for our listeners is when we're making changes on the ranch, the whole game is risk management. And within a family, people digest risk a lot differently. We have three of us who are active on our operation, myself, my brother, and my dad. And my brother is 
super, super conservative on risk. Um, he doesn't like to take a ton of risk. I like a lot of risk. And my dad kind of yeah. meets in the middle. And you'll probably find that at most operations, people's comfort level for risk is different than it is on any other aspect. And so when we're bringing these new ideas to the table, I think two things to remember is that insurance and everyone in your family feels differently about insurance. It's a conversation we have all the time, right? Do we have full coverage or liability? I mean, we have these conversations all the time on the operation. The other thing is, we have to work smarter, not harder. And as technology advances, as new programs come on the table, to me, this is a conversation that as a leadership team on your operation, you need to be reviewing opportunities for insurance or risk management every year. Don't just set it and forget it. Bring it up at family dinners or however you do your board meetings and review what you have on the table. And if you feel like that still covers the risk that you are wanting to manage. No, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And I like what you mentioned here, insurance versus a handout. And this certainly is not viewed as a handout. Before I started working as an agent, believe me, I, I understand. And that's one thing that I think is beneficial about my position, uh, maybe a little bit unique about my position, being an, a rancher full-time and an agent full-time. From the agent side, it's it's easy for me to go up and say, hey, this program would benefit you 100% of the time if you just put in $10,000 a year, if you're willing to risk $10,000 a year. Now, from an agent standpoint, that's easy to say. From the other side of the table, and I can put myself in both shoes here, I can sit on the other side of the table and say, you're asking me to put up $10,000, which may or may not be a lot of money to certain people, but $10,000 might buy three maybe two year, two loads, maybe four loads of hay on a certain time of year. That's just something that um, is hard to wrap your head around, I guess. And we mentioned how risk is viewed differently in families. And I think that's more of a generational thing. I don't know if you would agree with, um, with that or not. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't had to go through a lot of the hardships that my parents have. And my, my dad probably did not have to go through a lot of the hardships that his parents have. So they're, they're definitely more conservative as they view risk. And one thing about the PRF program, which we've hit on a few times here today, is that it's, it's a program that you can't just try out and do a one and done, whether you have to pay a premium or whether you, you strike it rich on that first year, if you will, or you make it big. You can't just jump in and jump out as it pleases you. It's something that you have to revisit every year. And that's why we work with some of the best meteorologists in the nation to to really pinpoint our long range weather, as well as our programs. The range calc program I mentioned earlier has an actual history and an actual payout for every grid in every interval in the entire United States, the continental United States. So we can sit down with you every year and reevaluate that. Maybe we want to increase the premium based on the weather predictions. Maybe we want to decrease that premium based on those weather predictions. And maybe we want to shift coverage from March, April into April, May, we, we need to sit down and reevaluate that every year and constantly kind of let this thing evolve. But the important thing is, is to stay in a program like the PRF program, because it's certainly a long-term investment into your risk management and into reducing that risk that's going to come to your place. I can confidently say that in most of the places that we cover and most of the producers that we cover, this is a program that I would say at the very minimum, 60% of the time, oftentimes, we're like 75% of the time or seven, 
to eight years uh, out of 10, this is going to be a program that's going to be putting money back into your pocket without you really having to pull a dime out of your own and sure is going to allow you to maybe hold that herd of cows together a little bit longer. Maybe you don't have to sell off your open heifer calves or whatever it may be, you know, or maybe let you buy that extra hay that you need to kind of get through until the wetter spring hopefully appears. I agree. And I think you're correct about generational. And I don't think that is ever really going to change, right? Because as we get closer to retirement or even passing the operation down to the next generation, we start to get a little bit more conservative. That's a natural lifestyle, right? You come in in your 20s and 30s, you like a lot of risk, and you usually just have an appetite for that a little bit higher. And then as you start to get older and you're thinking about, you know, money lasting for the rest of your life and things like that, you get a little bit more conservative. So it's going to be interesting when we're grandparents and our kids are really, you know, high risk and to have that conversation, but just something to think about when you're talking to your dad and grandpa or grandparents or whoever's involved in the operation, the older they get, probably the more conservative they're going to go because they're thinking legacy, they're thinking, you know, retirements and things like that. And so it is definitely this cycle of risk to being a little bit more conservative. We hear investors talk about that all the time. I want to touch on that. Just one more thing there, if you don't mind, Caroline. Going back to what we talked about previously, too, when envisioning the typical cow-calf guy with spring calves, and then we talked about these generational views on risk. And one thing that we do at AgRisk Advisors is really just to sit down with the producers. And I want to emphasize this. As we sit down, we really want to get to understand your operation. You know, like I said earlier, when do you need that moisture? How do you market your calves? What are your main focuses? What objectives do you have um, in the long term for a program like this and for your ranch? So we really want to get to know them, get to know their backstory and just educate them. And, and it's important that they understand we're not there just to make a sale. Our first goal is to go there and just to educate them, just to get to know them, maybe offer some assistance to where we can, but to really educate those producers, whether they be the your grandparents, yourself, uh, maybe your parents, whoever it may be, we want them to understand that if this program makes sense, we will encourage you to put up some kind of risk in a dollar amount. And that dollar amount is whatever they're comfortable with. We're not here to say, hey, you have to put in a $5,000 premium. You have to put in a $50,000 premium. If a producer wants to do $1,000, they can do $1,000. If they want to do $100,000, they can do $100,000. Oftentimes, we don't recommend putting the entire ranch into coverage, especially on the first year. Get their feet wet. And then we'll also work with these producers just to make them very comfortable. And with the idea of managing risk, we'll track that policy. We'll get all the information. We'll do all the legwork. We will basically build a policy without getting a policy signed up. And we can track that for an entire year. And they'll get all the benefits that our producers do to make them feel really comfortable and to help them really understand how that program works. And I think that bridges that gap a little bit between the generations on how they view that risk. You and I are more likely to say, this looks great. And within a day, sign it up. My dad, your parents, our grandparents, they might need that entire year to see how that thing is going to work. And and then the following year say, all right, let's try it. And then they might gradually increase the risk as things go. I couldn't agree more. I think that having education and having the data in front of you is so important. And that's something, I mean, of course, in Kettlemania, we're big believers in, but I don't think you can have too much information. And so 
the more information you can gather, the more information it takes for someone to be comfortable making this decision is out there. And we need to make sure that, you know, as you're bringing this idea to the operation or as you're considering it yourself, don't be afraid to keep getting data, keep meeting with people until you feel comfortable. Any decision you make to risk manage, if you don't feel comfortable managing your risk, you're adding another level of risk in your life. So you need to make sure that you trust whoever you're working with. You completely understand the program because the point is to manage that risk. Don't do something you don't understand or you're not comfortable with, or you're working with someone that you don't enjoy working with, or you don't trust. There's a lot of information out of this program. Like you just said, right? You can run a test for a whole year. Do whatever it takes so that you can make the best decision for your operation. Yeah, and that's ultimately what we want and and myself as an agent and all of our other agents, you know, we have the best interest for the producers. We want to ensure those legacies get to continue, ensure there's more fifth generation ranches down the road. We're we're certainly not here just to, to make a buck. Our first and foremost priority is to help producers continue on and continue to be able to to be involved in the agriculture industry for for years and years to come. So Absolutely. I am curious about, as you guys are fifth generation, what is something that you have implemented on the operation that is different or new compared to what your parents or grandparents did? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I have actually implemented two of the programs that we offer through AgRisk Advisors. So we put into place a PRF program, the Pasture Range and Forage Policy, and I actually cover, told you I don't encourage people to cover all their ground, but I cover all of our ground on, on that. My reason for doing that is I, I've leased ranches. We have our deeded ground, but we also lease some ground. And when I sat down and looked at this program, I realized that eight out of the last 10 years, this program would have 100% funded my lease payments on all of our lease ground. And that may not sound like a huge thing, but that's that's a very big, big deal. Um, as many producers who are listening probably are aware, if, if you can send out however many head, if half or three quarters or all of your cows, whether it be to corn stocks or to summer lease, and not really have to pull that out of your own pocket, so to speak, that's very beneficial to us. So I've went ahead and put that into place on our ground. And, and I mentioned I do that on lease ground, and you talked about lease ground earlier. One thing about the PRF program is, is we can cover deeded ground, leased ground. BLM ground, forest service permits, any and all of the above. So we put that into play here on our on our ranch, and it's been very beneficial for us. And my dad, fortunately, uh, put 100% trust into me on that. And there was uh, one year, I will say, where we had to pay by the time the premium billing date came around. We did have a small bill due that bill comes due in September and we still have half the year's coverage left to go. So my dad was a little uneasy at that point, but then by December that bill had been covered and we actually wound up in a very good net positive position on that program that year. So thankfully my dad has has trusted me on that. The other program that we have, and we do have a little bit of farm ground here on our operation where we primarily just plant hay and triticale for grazing, uh, the triticale for grazing and then haying if we do have a good year, is the annual forage program. And we haven't really discussed that today, but, but annual forage works on the same premise that the PRF program does. So we're looking at basically the entire year, but we're breaking it into four growing seasons. For those of you who are listening or involved in the farming industry, you understand the growing season one, two, three, and four. 
we take that coverage again and we break it basically into three intervals per growing season. Um, and that's been very beneficial for us too, because at the very least here on our place, that coverage against that lack of normal moisture on our annually planted crops intended for livestock forage um, has at the very least paid for our seed and our fuel costs and the harvesting costs. There are years when we have been well above and beyond that too. So, so that's sure a good program to have because here in in our climate, much like, oh, like Eastern Montana, Eastern Colorado is pretty much the same type of environment where a lot of times you're just putting that seed in the ground with kind of a hope and a prayer. You may or may not put that seed into moisture and, and you just kind of look up and, and say your prayers and hope that it starts to grow. So that's been a really good tool that we put in on our place as well. They're not going to be major impacts at the end of the day, but Every little impact or every dollar that we save certainly winds up and adds up to be a, a big impact on our bottom line and how we're going to operate for the next year to come. We were just talking about that in business, actually. I said we were having a leadership team meeting in, in K Rose Company. And I said a lot of times businesses chase the $10,000 deals, but profit is made on the dollar deals or the $10 deals. And watching those pennies, you always hear people say that. And so, I think that is a good point to keep in mind is, you know, you might just break even some years on this program, but if it's a dollar or hundred bucks or whatever, all of those little amounts add up. And I think sometimes as ranchers and producers, we can look at, well, you know, that calf check, that really meant, you know, that's a $20,000 difference or a $50,000 difference when we know that, you know, the pennies add up just as quick. They do. No, absolutely. And and as everybody in this industry is involved, as you are, and I'm sure all the listeners today are, are aware, break-even is a pretty good year. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, we can break yeah that's our goal, right? Yeah, we're considered happy, you know? And anything on top of that's just the cherry on top. But yeah, I think those two programs to, to really kind of wrap up your answer there have really helped us. And what they've helped us do is evaluate what we're going to do next year, especially on the annual forage side. What are we going to plant as we look towards next year? How many acres of that are we going to be able to plant? And then that flips into the ranching side for me of, am I going to be able to plant 100 acres of hay or 200? And if I only plant 100, how much hay am I going to need to buy? And then you get the PRF side into that. And hopefully the hay that I have to buy is funded through the PRF program. So really all kind of all encompassing. They tie together really well and and really has helped our operation. One of the last questions we always ask people is what advice would you give new producers, next generation producers? What is one piece of advice that you would give them? Sure. I, I think the biggest piece of advice I can give to new or beginning farmers and ranchers, next generation farmer and ranchers is uh, be determined and be educated. This world is is moving at such a fast pace and things are constantly changing and evolving and new technologies are constantly coming on board. Don't be afraid to take those leaps of faith, dive into some of these programs, really understand what's going on. Don't give up when or if you fail. There's going to come times when when things don't pan out just like you want them to, whether that's in any aspect of life. And that might be directly related to these programs. You, you might go into one of these programs thinking, I'm going to make an extra $20,000 this year. And you know what? You might end up owing a thousand bucks. Don't let that beat you down. Stay with them. Be determined. Reevaluate maybe how that coverage was laid out. Work with your advisors to assess that and say, all right, where did we miss? How can we change this for going into next year? But just continue to educate yourself, continue to utilize all resources that are available. 
I've mentioned our website, Ag Risk Advisors. Jump on there. We have so much information and so many videos, so many tools available out there that will really help you gain a better understanding of all these programs, whether it be our daily rates email, our weather videos that we're sending out, our cattle market updates that are going out. Just stay involved, stay focused, be determined. I think that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I could give anybody right now. Just stick with it. Yeah. And it's a great time to be in agriculture. I mean, of course there's challenges, but there's no better business model in my mind and lifestyle than the one we get to live. But you certainly have to have your nose to the grindstone. And if you want different results than your grandpa got, you have to do something different than your grandpa did. That's right. Yes. I believe uh, I read something on your website a few years ago about the the five most detrimental words to our operation or something along those lines, but it was, yep. um, you'll probably know what yeah. I'm talking about, but that's the way we've always done it <laughs> or something familiar. You have to remind me the exact saying, but, but that's, it's not a death sentence, but it's, it certainly isn't beneficial. I think um, you have to be able to evolve. You have to be able to change. You have to be able to take those leaps of faith. And, and you mentioned earlier, a handout versus insurance. You can't view these as handouts. Uh, I grew up viewing basically any government program, insurance, what, what it may be, CRP. I grew up kind of with the understanding that those are government handouts and we don't need them. We can get by without them. When the fact of the matter is, and this might be a somewhat controversial statement, if you're not going to take those and utilize those to help reduce your risk, and it's not taking the handout, you're using what's available to you to help mitigate your risk, to help you survive another day. 95% of the time, your neighbor will take those or somebody else will take those. And and over the course of time, they might also own your place. So I just think that's something that maybe is a little bit harsh to say, but it's something that's <laughs> sometimes needs to be said. So Sometimes we need those hard truths to really be able to digest and think outside the box a little bit. I agree with you. I appreciate you being on today, Erin. We will make sure that all of your contact information is in the show notes and we'll encourage our listeners that they can give you a call at any time and just ask questions. That's the first place to start is really, we all have the same goal, keeping agriculture, getting it to the next generation, being better than the generation before us. And so we want to make sure that everyone knows that they can call you at any time you're not going to be a used car salesman on them and you'll be happy to answer any of their questions. Absolutely. Yep. And we are, we're not afraid to get out and do a little traveling, whether it's myself or another agent, whether you live in, in Southern Texas or the Northwest part of Oregon or Washington, we can, we can surely accommodate and we'll get there just to sit down and visit and get to know everybody and, and help educate them. So I appreciate your time today and I appreciate you having me on. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Kettleman U podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe at kettlemanulive.com slash podcast so you never miss an episode. And remember, the grass is greener where you water it.